Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. The first true big upset of the Big 12 season, honestly, the first really big upset of the college football season just happened. The Kansas Jayhawks do the job for the Big 12 Conference. They do the job for a lot of members of the college football world. They take down the number six ranked Oklahoma Sooners. This is the Big 12 Watch, the neighborhood watch, here on Crystal Ball College Football, part of the 365 Sports Network. I'm your host, Josh Neighbors. We're going to break this thing down. We're going to get into it from all of these angles. But, uh, I mean, this was just – my heart is still pumping from this game. Like, absolutely just a, a, a banger of a game. And really a strange game, too. Right? A really strange game because we knew this would be one of those games where, hey, look, Oklahoma could struggle. Big setting. Obviously, uh, you know, Kansas can be all jazzed up for it because it's their homecoming game. Uh, you know, it's a home game for them. Probably biggest home game they're going to all year. And – if you think about like what each of these teams did well, Kansas really good at creating havoc, creating chaos, Oklahoma, very good at throwing the football, Kansas, not good at defending the pass. Like I kind of thought I knew how this game was going to go and it went a completely different way, whether it be the weather. I mean, 38 degrees, usually at 38 degrees, you don't get a lightning delay, but that is what we got a 38 degree day in Lawrence, Kansas that featured like an hour long lightning delay this game didn't get done. It started uh, for you in the central time time zone. Those folks, this game started at 11 a.m. It ended after 3.30 central time. I mean, this, this was a marathon, really. It was. So let's break it all down. 38.33. Also, you guys can leave your, uh, your chats here to your instant reactions. We'll do it. Uh, rock chalk right there. Boom. Uh, OU has been a fraud all year. Yeah, I think there's, there's part of that, too. We'll, we'll get to that here in a little bit. But keep sending your all's chats. We'll get to those throughout the show. But final score in this game, Kansas 38, Oklahoma 33. KU is now 6-2, and 3-2 two, and two in the conference. Oklahoma, seven wins, one loss. They're 4-1 and one in the league, still tied towards the top. Um, so this game begins with Kansas starting hot, taking that 14-0 lead. Oklahoma obviously rips off 21 in the row. And at that point in time, you're starting to think, eh, this, this is heading the wrong direction. Then you get the, I mean, the lightning delay was right before 21, but uh, you get the lightning delay, right? And so you're sitting there, you're thinking, all right, well, you know, at this point, like I think uh, KU had the lead. And then you think, okay, lightning delay, Oklahoma taking the momentum back. So who is this benefiting? And to come out and it feels like Oklahoma picked up right where they left off. But for KU, just because they play in these chaotic games, it felt like they had plenty of time to get back in this thing. And they did. There were so many mistakes made by both teams. And you end up looking at this 11 penalties for 105 yards from Oklahoma. And then uh, also three turnovers on the day. And then you look at Kansas. They had 555. Uh, they were terrible on third, da third down. They also had three turnovers in this game. And we had muff punts. We had interceptions. 
And the most surprising part about all of this, guys, is the fact that Kansas wins this with how bad Jason Bean looked. I mean, Jason Bean was really struggling. It felt like he was seeing ghosts out there late in this game in the fourth quarter. You could tell his confidence was was shaken. I mean, he double-pumped that final interception uh, that he threw, and you thought that that was kind of the game. And even when Oklahoma gave them the ball back, I was like, can this guy really actually lead them down the field? And you heard Brock Heward. You heard what Brock Heward said. Brock Heward said, man, you know, for him, just just run. Like, just tuck it and go because you can tell the confidence was not there for him at that point. You could tell he was not uh, not feeling the offense really well. And honestly, Andy Kotelnicki called a really good game in the beginning. Um, didn't love it as much there towards the back end, but ends up calling it a good game nonetheless. And being that final drive, nails, nails, a couple really awesome throws. And I think you talk about a guy like a Jason Bean who's been around college football for this long. You know, there's a reason, you know, 2018 in North Texas, this being his final year here at Kansas, there is a reason why he's still a backup because there are moments of tremendous, and he could be a starter somewhere else, but like there are moments of tremendous ability and accomplishment. That run, you know, Jason Benetti on the run said track star. I said that like two seconds before. I was like track star. He's gone because he's got that unbelievable speed, right? He's got that breakaway, just snap of the fingers speed. And he showed it on display in there in that moment. And then there's moments, the, the interception, the first one he had in the fourth quarter, that is tight coverage. And you know, you, if you throw the ball in traffic like that, it is not probably going to go very well. And so his decision-making has always been a problem for him. And look, it's tough when you're kind of the part-time starter and it's not easy, but he's, he's the guy right now. And um, against Oklahoma State, man, those fourth quarter turnovers were a massive problem. But I'll tell you this. The Kansas defense, the Kansas defense is what ultimately allowed them to win this game, right? Kansas standing up in the end of this game on defense multiple times. Look, they give up the final score. That's fine, whatever. That's that's totally okay because they, they gave them a short field. But the KU defense, time and time again, only allowing 12 points total. Uh, two for 10 on third down were the Sooners in this game. And partially, too, the weather helped them kind of ground that attack. Uh, and they, they, Oklahoma did run the ball effectively at, at points, but that KU defense made a bunch of plays all day long. They stood in there. They, they, uh, in that passing attack, like was not amazing. It, it felt like in the secondary for Kansas deserves a ton of credit. I know they had that one final play there, but like that was the longest passing play of the day, right? That Brennan Thompson 39 yard reception was tied for a Drake Stoops one. I mean, most of the, uh, let's see. Uh, yeah. 78 of those passing yards came on two plays. So they did a tremendous job in coverage all day. Obviously, the pick six, the pick six got things going. And in this chaotic type game, Kansas was able to thrive and pull it out. We've seen them be close so many times, but ultimately in that final drive, what an unbelievable final drive from the Kansas Jayhawks. Just everything they had to have. And ironically enough, this is a team that likes to go slower on offense. It was the speed it was kind of the up-tempo there at the end when they had to, basically as a clock, that, that let them go right down the field and march right down in Oklahoma. They are able to go right down Oklahoma on the field. It was a passing game that got it done. you know. And, and look, they rode the running backs early, as they should, right? Uh, Devin Neal, massive day, 25 for 112, 
and a touchdown, and massive in the context of this game. Jason Bean, four for 62 and a touchdown. And then Highshaw, 1251, so not as good of a day, uh, but still two scores for him, right? So, you know, in terms of efficiency. I mean, they ran for five and a half a carry. They ran for four touchdowns. And look, it's hard to, to play defense against that, that Kansas rushing attack. Um, I actually didn't think Oklahoma had like some terrible defensive day, right? Anytime you're, you're four of four, like once it got off the script, they were pretty good. Anytime you have a team go four of 14 on third down, it's pretty, it's pretty damn good. Um, and you force three turnovers as well. 443 total yards of offense. Yeah. That's going to be, end up being tough. Right. But still, uh, you know, I, I, I thought the big story in this game was Kansas secondary and I think that final drive too, because Oklahoma's defense was taking it to them until that final drive, right? And it also felt like too, there were two red zone trips where Kansas ends up kicking field goals and not getting touchdowns. Those usually against really good teams like Oklahoma will sink you. And look, I think we're gonna have, we'll have a conversation here in a second about how good Oklahoma was as a whole kind of coming into it. Um, but but you know, usually it sinks you, it did not. Because Kansas just keeps coming. They're, they're a pretty relentless group. And I'm, I'm their defense, man. Their defense gets the job, gets the job done. They're six and two guys. It's October 28th. They're six and two. Um, and you look at some of the you know, loss, Texas loss. Yeah. They, they lost that game outright. Right. But the game that they did lose uh, the other one, the Oklahoma state game, like that was a back and forth affair. And it was the crippling turnovers in the red zone via one uh, or the red zone, uh, the fourth quarter via Jalen Day or Jason Bean that really did them in, right? Those are the things that did them in ultimately in that game. And it could have here, but the defense gave him one more shot and he gets the job done. This is a this is such a huge win for the KU program. You think about where they were a couple of years ago, right? I think about when Lance Leipold took over. You look back two years ago and, you know, it was all about for them, like starting off, could they be more competitive in games late, Right. I look back at the last three games of 2021, a 57-56 overtime win at Kansas, or at Texas rather, a 31-28 loss at TCU, and a 34-28 loss against West, uh, West Virginia, right? The problem for KU was they could not finish games. And at the end of the year, they began finishing games, and they were competitive in those games. You flip to 2022, they started off the year well, and then things went downhill, and look like they were not finishing games. They, they did not finish the season, right? And then you flip forward to 2023. Like this is a progression if I've ever seen one. And it's a progression at a program that does not see it. Lance Leipold is the real deal Holyfield. He is, and I mean, Andy Kotelnicki too. You can book it now. That guy's a head coach. I, honestly, I, uh, I work with David Basil who runs the Broyles Award. He's one of the folks that runs it. And I said, I texted him earlier in the game. I said, Andy Kotelnicki is a guy you have to look at for the Broyles Award. He, there's no doubt about it. The way they scheme it up, whether it's reverses, and look, all the reverse stuff doesn't always work, but the reverses, the creative ways in which they run the football, they are such a well-coached unit. And off the bye, they took it to Oklahoma in the beginning. They allowed the rally. They kept coming. What an effort from Kansas. And look, they've got the personnel now to hang in these games. The transfers on defense, the secondary, the horses at, at running back, the horses at wide receiver. They can't win this game, guys, unless they've got a quarterback who has the high highs of a Jason Bean. That's building and retaining depth, right? 
this program still has a lot of, and they're developing guys like Jared Casey, who, you know, was a walk on and now is a part of their offense and a good blocker. You know, they got players like Fairchild too and Arnold, right? These are guys they developed. And so now Kansas going to be ranked again, right? They're going to be ranked for the third time this year. You know, they dropped out, sure, but they're going to be ranked. They're going to be six and two. And look, do I think they got a chance to be in the Big 12 title game? I mean, this win does help them. The loss against Texas does hurt you, and the loss against Oklahoma State does because those teams are vying for it. But you've got at Iowa State, Texas Tech, K-State, and at Cincinnati. They've got a chance to win eight, nine games. They really do. And that is something that is fantastic and special. And then obviously the big thing, guys, here is for the Big 12 Conference, right? You know, you, you kind of balance things. Uh, for the Big 12, what do you most want to happen, right? Oklahoma and Texas, to me, still members of the Big 12 Conference. They are going to go to the SEC, yes, right? But I actually think Kansas would still, like, you know, SEC week to week would be tough, but I still think Kansas would be a decent a decent outfit in the – in decent, I mean, like, six and six outfit, uh, right? Like, they're better than Mississippi State. They're better than Arkansas. They're better than Vanderbilt. Uh, you know, like, you know, they're better than South Carolina, in my opinion. You know, they're better than some of those lower-level schools. Uh, but, you know, you always think, like, what is the calculus if you're a Big 12 fan this year? What do you want to see happen this season in the Big 12? And to me, I think what I most wanted to see happen was somebody besides Oklahoma and Texas win the league. Um, but I also think people somewhat embrace their last year being here. They are part of the history. They are part of this league. And I thought the chase, chasing those schools down would be fun. And also, those schools being so good is actually like more fun, right? It makes these moments special. You know, yeah, if, if Oklahoma was, I don't know, four and three, this would still be an awesome win. The fact that OU is seven and oh, and the fact that they are a national championship, uh, you know, they were, they were a hopeful or a playoff uh, hopeful, made this result that much more fun, in my opinion, and made this entire game that much more fun because it was a good measuring stick. And look, I think Oklahoma, yes, a little bit fraudulent. We knew the rushing defense was tough. That game against Texas, guys, the one thing about that game against Texas is this, is that it took a Dylan Gabriel, drives going off, uh, a Dylan Gabriel hero performance to win that game. A, also a hero performance on the ground from him too. And that's not something they've always done pretty well. And they'd rushed the ball pretty well today, but generally speaking, they have not been a great rushing team. And so I think the, um, you know, I, I had some questions like they just didn't feel like they were the sixth best team in the country, but I'll tell you what, Dylan Gabriel, man, he's tough. He is a tough customer. And, uh, I think with whatever, you know, everything happened today, like still, it was not great. And they did have to ground that offense a bit because just the way that, that game was going, they had to ground things a bit more, but I not lost any respect for him at all. It just felt like they're way too Oklahoma reliant. Y'all have any questions also, you guys can put those in the chat. I will answer those as we go along. Poured myself a couple white claws. You all do it too. We can celebrate the downfall of the Sooners. Maybe we can get another one too. I don't think BYU is going to get the job done on the old Texas Longhorns today. But hey, K State, yikes. We'll uh, we'll get to K State. If you all watch this show, if you all know this channel, uh, Neighborhood Watch here, Crystal Ball College Football, five plus days a week, best Big Twelve content. We're going seven days a week right now uh, because of you know stuff like this happening. But send your all's questions. Also, super chats are always appreciated as well. If you all would like to share those, if you all have any questions about this game, I will answer them. And I guess we can do we can do some K State two right now. If you all would like, let's go Cats. I mean, what a Saturday for the two Kansas schools. K State with a big result as well because the one thing about the uh, Oklahoma game this shakes up the entire Big Twelve conference. 
if you now look at the top of the league in the Big 12, you've got four and one Oklahoma, you've got four and one K-State, you've got three and one Iowa State, you've got three and one Texas, you've got three and one Oklahoma State. West Virginia and KU are three and two. So now tiebreakers come into factor. It's all about who'd you beat, who'd you lose to. I still think there's a good chance that we see some teams ascend. I think K-State, it's reasonable to think that K-State is a, uh, it's kind of a hammer right now. Right? I think it's kind of safe to assume. Will one of Iowa State or Oklahoma State kind of ascend right now out of that group? Oklahoma State or Iowa State right now is leading Baylor as we talk. But this throws this race into uh, not disarray, but fun now. This race has become a whole lot more fun because of this result. But I would say it's a great result for the conference, obviously. It's good. to. And here's the thing. Here's what's most significant. The most significant part about this is Oklahoma and Texas are leaving the Big 12, right? And you're wondering, like, what is this league going to be about? The reason that we heard that Fox re-upped with the Big 12 conference is because of how competitive it was. And this is the last year of the league. The doormat of the league, KU, in football, beats really the uh, the standard bearer in the league. The standard bearer in the league for football in the last you know, 20 years has been the Oklahoma Sooners. They have been the best program, whether it's, it's been Lincoln Riley, whether it's been Bob Stoops, you know, the quarterback Sam Bradford and Jalen Hurts and uh, obviously Kyler Murray and Baker Mayfield, the tremendous player, you know, uh, running backs, like the whole nine. And the last year of existence, it is the doormat of the league, the perennial doormat, on the rise, beating Oklahoma as they're about to go out the door. That, to me, is poetic in some ways. And honestly, more, than, more so than poetic, that's a great sign of the strength of the league is. It, this is. It's all about competitive games, man. It's all about competitive games. If you do not have the brands that the other conferences have, what do you want to have? Exciting football. Houston, West Virginia, exciting football. UCF Baylor, exciting football. Kansas, Oklahoma State, exciting football, right? All of those games were thrilling, exciting games. Big 12 championships the last two seasons. Baylor and Oklahoma State, down to the wire, decided at the goal line. K-State, TCU, decided at the goal line. Colorado and TCU in the season opener. Colorado obviously joining the league banger of a game the competition the excitement and also it's it's like these players are good enough will they beat oklahomas and texases and schools like that every single week no but you know what it's not always about those schools today is about kansas and here's the thing you know what they lost to oklahoma state yeah they're still kansas like it happens you know and jason bean their backup quarterback was not great right you know his uh his backupiness cost them in that game uh, you know, the other loss, Texas. Yeah, they weren't, they didn't belong in the same field as Texas the second half of that game. Right. But moments like this, they did belong. Their players did get up. They were not deterred by the fact the last time they punched above their weight class in terms of talent, things did not go their way. It did not discourage them. It did not keep them down. They responded. And also too, the coaches, there's a lot of big leagues, a lot of coaches, y'all, there's a lot of coaches out there, but man, the crop of coaches that we have in this league, Chris Kleiman, Lance Leipold, right? Mike Gundy. I mean, Sonny Dyke's not right, right, right now, but like last year, oh my God. You know, um, I mean, you, you like go through all these guys. Matt Campbell, you know, what's happening at Iowa State right now, despite the fact that their roster is just in complete ruin. These coaches that they have, that we have in this league, 
it's it's this unbelievable tier of coaches, unbelievable collection of coaches that we have, you know, especially at the top of the league. That is, uh, it's really making the difference. Uh, somebody said officiating was terrible. Yeah, I mean, it was the targeting one was weird. So they were like, oh, you know, why is he sliding? And I was like, well, you can't. And then they were saying also it wasn't targeting. You can't have it both ways. You can't say, oh, why is he giving himself up? And I don't think it's targeting. He gives himself up. So therefore it is targeting, right? Um, he's giving himself up. He gets hit late. It's targeting on the goal line. That was obviously a massive moment. Help KU finish off that drive. Um, uh, somebody says, yeah, I mean, this. look, man, we get go pokes in here. Go cats. We got some West Virginia fans. Put, and also uh, we'll get to that on tomorrow's show. Make sure you all follow the neighborhood watch. Uh, here, Crystal Ball College Football is the channel. Also, we're rebranding. I'm not sure if you guys can tell. You all will be the first ones in on the secret. We're going to the Big 12 Watch. That's the new name of the show. Uh, at NWPod365 on Twitter, at JoshNeighborscore underscore on Twitter as well. All right, folks, keep it uh, here on Crystal Ball College Football and the Neighborhood Watch because we'll have more reactions coming throughout the weekend.